Hello. And welcome to the Betsy Betsy Boss Podcast. Welcome back. It is the end of August. It's August 20th when we're recording this episode. And we are getting into another true crime topic. It's been a little bit since we had a full true crime topic. And this one was actually requested by one of our listeners. And this is one that was definitely like already in kind of my long list of just ideas and everything. So when this listener suggested it, I was just like, yes, this gives us the opportunity to go ahead and do this. Yes. So hopefully everybody knows that if they want to make a suggestion to us, we are most easily accessible through our Instagram, which is at Betsy Boss Podcast. And feel free to reach out to us, send us a message, give us a topic suggestion. We love it. And we we will absolutely do whatever you suggest on air if yeah. we can even kind of associate it with women's history of any kind. And I, ha- I have to say, like, this is on point. Like, that's what I love, too, is this is a case that I definitely would have loved to have covered anyway. And so I'm so excited that our listeners are getting kind of the stuff that we cover and are into the same you know, type of stuff. Yeah, that's so true. So we want to thank Carla for suggesting this episode. Thanks so much, Carla. That's really, really special. And we're so happy you reached out. She has an awesome Instagram herself. It's called Ollie and Stitch. And she actually makes these adorable, really like well done crafts, which are just stunning. I mean, it looks like a professional job over here. And yeah, if anybody wants to check her out, it's at Ollie and Stitch on Instagram. And we thank you again so much for suggesting this topic. This is a really fun topic. It's a really interesting one. And it's um, got a lot of different conspiracy theories surrounding it. So I think it'll be a lot of fun for us to delve into those and into what we think happened with this case. Right. So I think this week we don't even need liberty because this is such a full topic. It's so interesting. It's such a weird case. And I think we really have a lot to say on it if we want to fit it all into one episode. So let's get right into it. This is the whole story and kind of background behind the death of Elisa Lamb. This is a deep dive. You can definitely go down a rabbit hole with this whole story. Yeah, there's so many different avenues to explore. There are crazy theories. Some are more legitimate than others. Mm -hmm. Some they're kind of reaching. But it's really an interesting case to look into because her disappearance, her um, death was just super mysterious and strange it and even to this day i feel like there's not a resolution yes people are still so divided that's so kind of what happened yeah there was kind of no official you know resolution to it Mm -hmm. and for that reason i think people have really just throughout you know since it happened have been fascinated with this whole case yeah and And that's why i love it too honestly i love these types of things where you can just 
go in so many directions. Obviously, don't love that a, a girl, a young woman lost her life and, you know, <laughs> the whole situation behind it. But it definitely is a fascinating case. Yeah. And it actually it's been kind of coming to light again recently um, because it was in a viral TikTok that got oh. 6 million views. Whoa, so even I didn't Gen Z is getting involved at this point. All they're right. re-examining her death. They're checking things out. They're saying it doesn't sit right with them. They're frustrated with the details. And as we'll get into, they just don't understand how this could have happened. Because yeah. there's a couple kind of vexing oh, God. factors yeah, here. A lot of details that are kind of hmm, a little... Unclear. Yeah, very yeah. much so. So it's really just, it's swept the nation again. It's people are kind of getting back into it. And it's definitely a case that a lot of people are interested in and want to learn more about. Definitely, definitely. So starting with the background, though, of Elisa, there's not a ton out there on kind of her background and upbringing. Um, but at the time of her disappearance in 2013, she was 21 years old. She is from Canada, and she's one of two daughters of an immigrant family from Hong Kong. Her parents own, at least at that time, a Chinese restaurant. And at the time of her disappearance, she was attending school at the University of British Columbia, again, in Canada, obviously. Yeah, and what's really important in this case is that at the time, it, I think it was unclear, depending on what reports you read, whether Elisa had dropped out at this point officially yeah. mm-hmm. or whether she was still enrolled. And specifically, the fact that she was recently diagnosed with bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. she really wanted just a break. She wanted to travel. She wanted to go somewhere different. And she took this time to get away to California, to the West Coast. And she was calling it her West Coast tour, and she needed these moments to get away. Now, her parents, I think, were very nervous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely got that feeling, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Being immigrant parents and knowing, okay, she's going to go to another country. Yeah, that's true, too. She's by herself. She doesn't really know the lay of the land. She's 21. I mean, she's young. Yeah, she's still a kid. Yeah. And that compounded with the fact that her mental health wasn't exactly Mm -hmm. in shape. She wasn't feeling great. She had this recent diagnosis. Yeah. And she was struggling. She was honestly struggling as far as we can tell. Yeah. But the parents were sort of calmed down by the fact that Elisa promised to check in with them every single day. Mm-hmm. And she was really good about that. She always checked in every day or when she would transition from like one hotel to the next or one location to the next. So she was really good about that, which is important because... Yeah, that'll come up. It'll come up. I know, yeah. And and she also, uh, obviously her parents probably weren't tuned into this, but she was very active on Tumblr at the time, too. She had a Tumblr account that was Nouvelle Nouveau. And you were saying, what does yeah, it mean? Yeah, so this you took French. in French <laughs> basically means new news. Yeah. I do wonder, like, how much she was kind of integrated with the whole French language, too. So... She would use her Tumblr almost like a diary. She was constantly updating it to the point where, spoiler alert, and looking ahead, even after she (laughs) died and even after she disappeared and it was clear that she was deceased, her Tumblr continued to update, which is a big kind of point of confusion in the case 
Now, granted, Tumblr did have or does have a feature where you could schedule posts right. ahead of time. Right. So that's pretty clearly what happened. Yes, I agree. But it adds to the whole lore of this her whole story because there are a lot of coincidences and a lot of just kind of creepy things. Yeah. That, that kind of happen. Um, But to, to kind of give a start. So like we said, she's doing this whole kind of trip and for the LA portion, she decided to stay at the Cecil hotel in LA. And when it was created or developed, the hotel was kind of, at the height of the Art Deco, you know, 1920s, that whole boom, and was definitely a place for people that were traveling to and from L.A., but it seems like since then it just, like, went downhill and went downhill fast. It was super seedy there. It was built in 1924, and it reminded me a lot of the Titanic. I forget if we talked about it or if the documentary talked about it or what, but... I am seeing so many Titanic Ooh, vibes. so true. the builder of this hotel actually built it to be this perfect hotel, yeah. this really swanky place for traveling businessmen. And it was near a big train station, right. so that was good. And he assumed that that would bring in all these businessmen. And unfortunately, as it happened, the hotel ended up being built right before oh, the, the Great worst Depression. Timing. <laughs> but... Basically, the hotel went down from that point. Essentially, what you had was this hotel in the middle of all these struggling people. Mm-hmm. They were like, there were bums surrounding the hotel. It became the Skid Row area that we yeah. know today as a really dangerous area. The hotel itself couldn't charge the high rates that it was used to charging because nobody could afford to pay them. And no one was wanting to stay there. In right. That exactly. Because it was in yeah. this seedy area. So it became sort of this haven to kind of nasty people. Yeah. And it was huge. It had 700 rooms. It had kind of all this, all these amenities for people who couldn't really afford to stay in a nicer place. So it started to attract a very specific type of person, namely serial killers. Yes. I love this. Okay. Well, again, love this in that. You know, I'm very interested in this type of stuff. (laughs) But yes, it has a lot of rumored and confirmed kind of background, crazy, violent, you know, death situations. So first of all, there were a ton of suicides there, which is a weird number. I think they said above 16 suicides. Yeah. Let's just like set that vibe off the bat. Like this hotel's making you want to kill yourself. Yeah. Like like, lock all the windows. You think, oh, God, by this point, they would have. Yeah, we had Richard Ramirez, the uh, very well-known Night Stalker, who stayed there. And apparently even he would be seen, like, coming back from killing people in the alley behind the hotel, covered in blood. Great. Cleaning himself up, but it was such a seedy area. And the people that were kind of just involved and around the hotel, nobody batted an eye. Like, it it was just... That's how it was. All right. He's cleaning up. He's going back in. No yeah, big whatever. deal. Whatever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, that just goes to show you what they expected, what they found at this hotel, the type of people who it attracted. And we have some fun other, again, fun. But tying back to one of our other stories, it is rumored that the Black Dahlia 
actually visited the bar at the Cecil on the night of her disappearance. Wow. All right. It's not confirmed and it probably didn't happen, but it's but hey, it's adds a fun to the theory. Lore. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, along with all these suicides, along with the Black Dahlia potentially visiting the bar at the hotel for her last night of libations, <laughs> and along with the literal serial killers taking over the place, one lady actually gave birth in the bathroom. Oh, God. Not Ooh. knowing she was pregnant. And then threw the baby out the window. Wonderful. Talk about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, truly bringing the metaphor to life here. So this place, I mean, it's a nasty place. The energy is bad. It's bad energy. Yeah. And it's similar to the Titanic in that... It was meant to be this spectacular, glistening, yes. you know, The lobby thing. is really beautiful. Like, it's really pretty. If you pretty. took it by itself. Yeah. yeah. If you took it alone and didn't know the history, like, you'd probably not realize how nasty it was. But like the Titanic, it was incredibly fallible and it just, it failed. It wasn't yeah. what they thought it would be. And it became something very different. And now it's known as this ominous thing. Yeah. Instead of being known for what it was meant to be known for. Yeah, exactly. And at the time, and I think even kind of still today, the cost of renting a room there was really so low and being located in Skid Row that you had, again, the people that were living there, essentially. And so it ended up being a lot of long-term tenants is kind of how they classified them. And the reviews were bad. They couldn't get, you know, people to to stay there. And they couldn't, you know, have decent costs. So they developed a strategy to try to create essentially two hotels, more like three really, mm-hmm. but two hotels in the same building. So the hotel itself was 15 stories without a 13th floor, so really 14 stories. And you had these two hotels operating in the same building. You had Stay on Main, which was a youth hostel, and you had Cecil, which was really more tenants, and they were very vague in kind of what I've seen about it, but like tenants and others right um and so what they ended up doing was actually splitting the hotel you had separate entrances for both portions you had separate floors you had tenants on uh floors two and three stay on main was four five six and then they just said the cecil again not really sure what that encompasses but they said the cecil was the remaining floors and again everything totally different only thing that was shared was the elevators which are very important dun, dun, dun. to this story <laughs> bum, bum, bum. tower of terror yes. over here yes so elisa actually checked into the hotel on the 28th of january 2013 and at this point, I mean, her trip was all mapped out, and it oh, was yeah. unfortunately all mapped out on Tumblr and Blogspot. Yeah. And she, so she had started her trip on the 22nd of January, and she started it in San Diego. And she had planned to uh, publicly on Tumblr go bop around throughout California. And she was going to stay in this hostel-style room. Shared um, showers and toilets down the hall. So, you know, she was, I mean, she was traveling. So she wanted to save money. She's a student or former student. Again, we're not really sure kind of her situation. But she was tight on money. So wanted to see things, but wanted to save on money. Yes. Yeah. So 
she was staying in this hostel-type room, but she ended up getting moved to her own room that was a, you know, one-person room or whatever because she was exhibiting odd behavior. Yeah. And her roommates were complaining about her and basically were like, get rid of this girl she for whatever reason, whatever yeah, odd behavior. Yeah, I know. This has never been, like, really explained which is kind of interesting too yeah i'd love to like have it fleshed out like what is this kind of odd behavior she was exhibiting but whatever it was it was creepy enough that these roommates in the hostel style room sort of had her kicked out of the room and moved to her own room yeah and i'll just add to um so again there were a couple floors that were the stay on main and she was staying at first on the fifth floor in this hostile style room. And then when she was kind of kicked out, put in her own room, it was still on the same floor, but it was again, just kind of a single there. So we do have to kind of take into account that she was behaving oddly since she started staying at right. the Cecil. She was, she was not staying on main. She was staying on, on off track. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was not on the straight and narrow. Let's Mm-mm. put it that way. Because she, her behavior was just beyond odd, and that comes to light even more yeah. when she um, is recorded in the elevator. So yeah. anyway, she's um, she moves to her own room. She was actually supposed to check out on February 1st, and because of the rule that her parents imposed that she'd have to check in with them before she moved around, before she did anything she would have given them a call right. on that day and told them, hey, you know, here's how my stay was at the Cecil. I'm now moving on to wherever. But she never made that call. Mm-hmm. And it's just really haunting that this happened. I mean, and that she was so good about checking in with her family yeah. for so long that her parents immediately knew something was wrong I when mean, she this, didn't check in. This is the one good thing. And... I feel like for the most part, at least initially, everything went as it should because she was last reported being seen on the night of January 31st, 2013. Again, was supposed to check out and would have checked in via phone call to her parents on February 1st. When she didn't, her parents immediately called LAPD and um, because she was from a foreign country, which is kind of weird to think of Canada, but it is. <laughs> and because she had typically spoken with her parents every day, police actually were able to classify her as critical missing. And I feel like so many stories of people that go missing, you don't hear them springing into action like they did here. So at least for the one thing, they did kind of take this seriously right away. Yeah, which is really good. I mean, it didn't help them at all, but (laughs) (laughs) but it was good that they got their butts in gear as soon as possible and as soon as they realized something might be wrong. Yeah. Which is, you know, at least they don't have any regrets about that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, So initially they just examined her room because she's missing. So you're kind of looking for any evidence of kind of what had gone wrong. Was she there? When was she last there? And the room was described as kind of messy, but nothing that indicated foul play. And there was no sign of forced entry. But the really concerning things were that her laptop, wallet, clothes, medication were all left behind And really the only thing, obviously, aside from Elisa, that was missing was her cell phone. 
And spoiler alert, this is kind of interesting to me, that is still missing to this day. Which is crazy. And especially when you start to think about the updates to her Tumblr profile Mm -hmm. that happened after her disappearance, that sort of plays into that. Yeah. So, of course, the LAPD comes in and they scour the hotel for any video of her coming, going, doing anything in the hotel, looking strange, whatever. And they find a video of her in the hotel lobby, sort of coming into the hotel earlier on the same day that she went missing. Yes. And this video shows her with two guys. Now, immediately, this perked my ears up. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah. But this it's a red herring, y'all, at least as Agreed. far as we think. Uh, yeah, I agree. But it shows her with these two men coming into the hotel lobby with her. One of the guys hands her a box And then she goes into the hotel, they both leave, and the police go back through all of her property and they find the box. And it's from a bookstore. Which is so interesting because they obviously went through her property beforehand and I'm just surprised it took the video for them to be like, oh, maybe this box is kind of like important. Right. So... Yeah, they find the box. They find it's from the last bookstore, which is also a creepy, (laughs) ominous thing that it happened to be the last place she ever went to. Yeah. And the cops go and they interview folks at the bookstore and people remembered her. They remembered Mm -hmm. her as being chatty. They remember her as being excited. One woman named Katie Orphan, who worked at the last bookstore, said that Elisa was very chatty, was excited to talk about the books she was buying. She didn't seem to have any plans to stay in L.A. or to mm-hmm. end her life or anything because right. she was talking about the books being light enough to carry back That's a back great home. point, actually, yeah. Yeah, so she she was talking a lot about, oh, I'm buying this future book for plans. this person. Yeah, a lot of future planning, which generally I don't think mm, suicidal yeah. people are no, thinking that's a, about that's a great or sharing. Point. So, yeah, she was normal chatty and memorable enough to make a mark on these bookstore workers but they obviously knew nothing and couldn't really help with with tracking her down yeah and it's interesting to me because in this news clip this woman who worked there she said that she remembered her and elisa was talking about worrying that the book might be too or the books she was looking at that they might be too heavy to carry and or too heavy to kind of travel around with. I don't know. I, I You kind of look at this and it makes you wonder kind of how people remember things and what specific details people remember because eventually, let's just jump to it, the guys were cleared because the LAPD reviewed the history. They looked back. The guys never came back. So they were obviously just helping her to carry the books back. And I'm kind of wondering if the clerk that was interviewed is putting too much emphasis on the fact and this is me getting into the details but mm-hmm. putting too much emphasis on the fact that Elisa was wondering about being able to take these around traveling and not just wondering about be- them being too heavy to carry back to her hotel room right which makes sense as to why the men exactly. would have carried her books home for her exactly But the one thing that I did think was kind of weird, why do you need two guys to carry it back when 
it was reported that only one of the men was carrying the box and handed it off to her. So, a little hinky, a little weird. But then yeah. again, maybe they were kind of like, this girl's nuts. I mean, that's true, too. That's you know, very true, too. send two people. Maybe the one yeah. guy didn't want to go alone. And I don't, I truthfully, based off of what I've read and, you know, all about this, I don't think they're involved. I think it is kind of like, uh, maybe it was just their buddy system, like protocol, um, with anything like this, they always sent two people together. Who knows? I think it was probably innocent enough. And just based on what the clerk said about her being worried about the book being too heavy for who knows what, um, it makes sense to me that that's probably why these guys were there just carrying the book back for her. Right. As for the night of her disappearance. Ooh, this is interesting. And this is the big creepy thing about this case and the thing that we all still have which is the video of Elisa in the elevator and this is the last time she was seen by anybody this is the last footage of her and it is incredibly eerie incredibly odd yeah and the night of the disappearance she actually was found in like a restricted area yeah so that's already weird she was kind of wandering around and Apparently, the staff sort of said, all right, go back to your room. Right. You're not supposed to be here. Head back. So she goes back to the elevator bank, and this video is taken, yeah. presumably. Yeah, it's just it's super creepy to me. And I'll wait till the end to get into theories, but I think this is kind of the crux of my theory right here. Kind of right. proves as best it can my theory. You should all watch the elevator video itself. If you YouTube Elisa Lamb oh, elevator, yeah, it'll come it's up. all over it. And basically what you see is Elisa stepping into the elevator. She comes in. She looks at the buttons and crouches down yeah. to the buttons. It's really strange, almost as though she couldn't really see the buttons to get real close to them. So she gets very close. She kind of leers down on them and presses a button. Mm-hmm. And then she puts her back to the right side wall kind of behind where the buttons are and behind where the wall comes in and she's sort of hiding peeking around and at no point does the elevator door close by the way which is really odd because I know sometimes I need to race into the elevator so I cut an arm off so she kind of leers around and then very suddenly she sticks her head out of the opening in the door and looks back and forth as though she's like almost playing tag or like right or trying to avoid someone like are they coming exactly and then she comes back into the elevator and sort of looks to be hiding again Mm -hmm. then she presses a ton of buttons yeah like all of the buttons at once buddy the elf style (laughs) right and finally so she's coming in out in out she leaves the elevator again, and we just see sort of her shoulder out in the hallway mm-hmm. for a little bit. And there's nobody else in the hallway, from what we can tell. Right. And she appears to be talking to herself, convulsing, moving her in hands a very are making spastic kind of, yeah, way. Yeah, some strange movements. Yeah, her hands are really, like, people um, have referred to it almost as though, like, her wrists look like they were sort of, like, breaking. Yeah. Because they were sort of flexing and, Unnatural. You know, unnatural looking. Yeah. And she's kind of moving her legs around and her feet and kind of dipping. And it looks like there should be somebody else in the video, yeah. like, restraining her or pushing her, whatever. Or at the very least that she's talking with. Like, yes. Yeah. But it's just, it's very unnatural and nobody ever shows up. 
So finally she just leaves the elevator mm-hmm. and the door at last closes. Now the whole thing is what, like four minutes? Yeah, it's four minutes. But there's once we get into it a little bit more, there's some very interesting details. So some interesting interesting facts about this whole situation. When she does actually leave the elevator, this will be a, a an important fact to remember for later on. She heads towards the stairs that lead to the roof. And the web sleuths actually went there in this documentary that I think we both watched at least portions of on Netflix about on Netflix about this whole story. They actually went there and tested out a lot of theories because, like you were saying, there's all these questions about why was the elevator door staying open? You know, what was kind of going on? And they were able to come up with some conclusions on some really critical questions, in my opinion. So they were able to determine that she was on the 14th floor, which is the floor right below the roof. And they were able to determine this because if after watching the video... She's pressing all these buttons, and when zooming in, they could see that certain buttons, a certain button didn't light up. When testing it, they determined that whatever floor you were on, if you press that same button, it wouldn't wouldn't light up. up. And so they were able to determine via the video footage that she was on the 14th floor. Since she had pressed all the buttons, and that was the only one that didn't light up. They also were able to determine that why, like, everybody was so confused. Why is this door staying open? And when in the elevator, the exact elevator itself, she, again, she's pressing all these buttons. At the bottom, there is a door hold button. Mm. And she was likely pressing that. And when she pressed that, it actually held the door open for two minutes. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Well, that's actually so comforting because I know. to me, the creepiest thing about this video, I mean, aside from her erratic behavior, is just the fact that you see this gaping elevator door the entire yes. time. And what's interesting, too, is in the beginning of the video, like before she really starts acting erratically, and tell mm-hmm. me if you felt this way, it almost looks like she's confused as to why the door isn't closing. Oh, yeah, yeah, and definitely. like, you Looking know, we've for someone all been out there, like, yeah, to be like, open or right, something. what are you doing? Like, why isn't it opening? So if she herself was pressing that button. Yeah, and she probably didn't know it because she's just pressing a button. Slapping on yeah, stuff. Just yeah, doing God pressing knows a bunch. what. I was really glad that they kind of showed this, proved this, that the elevator stuff to me is kind of doesn't really matter in a way. Like it definitely shows where she was, but I don't think it proves that anybody was out there holding the door open or anything like that. It was probably just something she was doing and not realizing. What's odd about the videos in the elevator and what makes a lot of people suspicious about maybe a hotel person, somebody who worked at the hotel having murdered Elisa Mm -hmm. or done something that was worthy of covering up, is the video, first of all, appears really pixelated. Yeah. And granted, this might be because it's an elevator video. Like, they're not really... Still, though. They're not going for gold, but it's definitely more pixelated than, you know, your average video. You can't really tell what she's saying. You can't make out the timestamp, which to me is like, come on. That is where things get a little hinky because Mm -hmm. the timestamp, doesn't it sort of lag? Yeah, the timestamp was kind of the critical, and this is where I love these online communities, This was really one of the main pieces of evidence that people were able to analyze and determine 
that the video itself had been manipulated, edited. Um, the timestamp, you can't really see the numbers, but obviously numbers are a repeating right. pattern. So um, web sleuths were able to determine, you know, kind of get it down like, okay, that's an eight, that's a three, that's a one. And when looking at that, they were able to determine that actually 53 seconds of the video was missing and the video itself had been slowed down 33 to 35%. The A, Y, B, so creepy because when you see how erratically she's yes. moving and how oh. quickly she's moving, to think that it was slowed down. Oh, that's down so true. Yes. Is shocking. Like, oh my gosh. Also, the fact that things were obviously manipulated seconds of the video were missing and now granted it's not a straight 53 seconds it's right you know little bits kind and pieces jumps kind of around the way but there are theories of all kinds that perhaps Elisa was talking to somebody that was outside yeah. of the elevator that maybe we couldn't see them because those bits were edited out on purpose in order to protect a member of the hotel staff from being culpable whatever there's just it's weird that and it's unfortunate that these seconds of film are missing in this documentary an LAPD officer who worked on the case he's going on the record at least on you know the record of public opinion he's saying that this what they released to the public was unedited it was just what they received from the hotel and that really makes you wonder okay the hotel obviously had some time before this was turned over was it the hotel staff who actually edited it it's very disconcerting and it does look like one continuous video when you watch it all together yeah there's nothing that's clearly like taken out unless you were to study the timestamp or just really study scrutinize closely the video itself but still i mean a lot can happen in 53 seconds yeah even if they are scattered throughout a four minute period yeah and there is one portion where the elevator door is closing and you can really if you're gonna notice it you can notice it most there because the door kind of looks like it jumps from a certain you know closing distance to much more close than it would be in the next second and that obviously very much lends itself to conspiracy theorists because you know, why would you cut that portion? Is there somebody walking by that, you know, they had to cut out from that door frame? And is that why that was cut? So who knows? I don't know. It's it's interesting. Basically, the last we see of her is her leaving the elevator and heading toward the stairs to the roof. Right. And February 1st, the day she was supposed to check out, she is reported missing. Just so creepy how the police officers came on the case. They came up to the roof. Yeah, they looked everywhere. They looked everywhere. And they came to the roof with dogs. So it's a little odd that... That's very true, yeah. Right? That she was eventually found on the roof. But the dogs couldn't tell that she was up there. It's a little odd. Yeah. But the thing that really, unfortunately, is disgusting and turned hotel purveyors on to the fact that something was wrong is that basically on February 19th, 2013, which is an entire, yeah. like, more than two more weeks. More than two weeks. After, We're almost three weeks. Almost like, three weeks after Elisa yeah. disappeared, which is disgusting, and you'll hear why in a second. Oh. Guests started complaining about the oh. tap water in their rooms. 
it were all different issues, but it was, you know, that there was no water pressure at all. It was just a couple droplets would come out. There was a bad taste. There was a brown or black color. There were just all kinds of complaints. So this poor sap, this poor member of the maintenance staff, Santiago Lopez, gets sent up to the roof to look at the water tanks and see what the hell's wrong. So this particular tank the tank in question provided water to all of the rooms the 700 rooms in the hotel oh my god the kitchen the coffee shop so santiago lopez the maintenance worker goes up to the roof to check out the water tank he walks up to it and People have different takes on whether the tank was closed when Santiago yeah, came up to it. Yeah, which is important. Whether it was slightly ajar, what, you know, what the state of the tank was. But one way or the other, Santiago opens the tank, oh. finds it open, whatever, and finds a very decomposed body of Elisa Lamb. Yeah. And how disgusting that this body has been decomposing in this water tank that has been providing drinking Awful. water to an entire hotel. Oh, I just, I don't, oh, I could not sleep. I, I could not take enough showers, but then I wouldn't want to take a shower. Like, I'd want to get it off of me, but, like, I wouldn't trust water again. Ooh. So, so, so disgusting. Poor Santiago. Now, granted, it was quite the schlep for him to get up there. He had to go all the way up in the elevator. Yeah. He had to climb a ladder to get to the top of the tank. Yeah, they're they're 10 feet tall, to give you an idea. They're really 10, high. 10 feet tall, 6 foot in diameter, just to give you kind of like a visual of this whole thing. Yeah, and there's a ladder to the lid. We think, and this is the most common statement, is that the lid or the hatch to open up the tank was about 20 pounds, which doesn't sound that heavy, but it's not light. though. It's not light. And if you're thinking about Elisa potentially closing the tank on herself, Mm -hmm. she would have been in a really odd position to do so. And in that case, it would be quite heavy. If you think about it, she would have had to dangle with one arm, push up with the other arm to shut it on herself. It really makes the most sense if the door was slightly ajar and was left slightly ajar when Santiago found it. Yeah, it it seems like a lot of people like LAPD reported that it was closed when they arrived. There's so many different factors that could go into this being closed or you know, being open at a certain point and closed by somebody else. We don't know if Santiago, you know, after he looked in there, closed it. So obviously LAPD is going to say, okay, yes, it was closed. Um, There's also a lot of reports that, and evidence, honestly, that people had frequented this rooftop. And we'll get into this, but they accessed it via the fire escape. And there's graffiti up there. There's trash up there. There's handprints on the water tank. And so people are clearly getting people up are there. up there. So you don't know if you know people were messing around up there and one of them closed it. It's just there's no way, in my opinion at least, to say it was definitely closed. And what's really odd too is. There's mixed reports about Elisa being dressed versus undressed. Mm -hmm. We know that her clothes were with her in the tank, but we don't know if she was wearing them. There also were mixed reports about what covered the body when it was pulled from the tank. There was one report that the body was covered in a sandy textured mixture and like little particles, kind of rocky particles. And there was another report that the body was covered in little black hairs 
So really odd and um, could just be, again, the work of armchair experts, but definitely was significant enough to make it into some of the theories that we found. Another thing that I think is definitely worth mentioning, too, is that she was found, you know, either wearing or in the tank with her with the same clothes that she was pictured in in this creepy kind of video. So I think it's a safe bet that we can say she disappeared probably that night. That's my opinion. Or if not that night, shortly, you know, thereafter. Right. So, of course, um, an autopsy is ordered in order to try and ascertain what the heck happened here. And the coroner ended up classifying this as an accidental drowning with bipolar disorder. Which is interesting to me. Yes. Yeah. And the bipolar disorder is considered as a contributing factor. And it's basically the belief of this coroner that... Elisa had a psychotic break. She hallucinated, she went to the tower, and she drowned. Now, many people argue that the elevator footage proves this theory, but some people argue that if the footage was edited to make it look like she was hallucinating, to get somebody off the hook, then that would have been a really interesting way to make this go away, because they knew she was bipolar, they knew she was vulnerable to being called insane, and this being classified as just a manic episode or something. And if they wanted to get rid of her, if they wanted to get somebody off the hook, that would be a really good way to do it, is to edit the film to make it appear that she was talking to somebody, was um, doing strange movements, whatever, looking for somebody, hiding from somebody, and, you know, when there was nobody there. Like, we don't see the in-between, but you can kind of piece together things. She was obviously, you know acting strangely in the elevator and then she's found in the water tank like oh okay connect the dots it was probably mental mental illness and to cap that off the autopsy also showed that she didn't take her antipsychotic medication but she did take her anti-anxiety medication Mm -hmm. and she was on a nice laundry list of medications a nice cocktail of medications described by her doctor and It's unclear why she didn't take her medication that day, why she took one but not the other. But essentially, if you take um, antidepressants and you don't take antipsychotic medication when you've been prescribed it, it can cause mania. And it can cause very odd behavior, much like the kind exhibited by Elisa. And it's a popular theory that this is exactly what happened. She didn't take her meds for whatever reason, and she went a little nutty and what also is interesting is the autopsy revealed that she likely died around midnight the night of her disappearance so you would think okay even if she mixed up the times of day that she took her medication she probably would be done for the day by midnight that's true yeah so it's likely that if she didn't take her medication it's because she chose not to rather than she just hadn't gotten to it that day That does happen. I mean, it happens a lot with people, especially with depression or whatnot. You start to feel better and you're like, I don't need it. I can't speak personally to manic episodes and situations like that. I would assume, though, that that can be a contributing factor to kind of how you're feeling, whether or not you take your medication. I think that is a really common experience among bipolar people is that you either start feeling really okay and you think, hey, I don't need these meds anymore, or the medication takes you down to such a level as to Mm, stop the mania from happening. It also stops 
the crazy lows that bipolar disorder brings. But in stopping the mania, it can make you feel really crappy because mania feels really good, evidently, when you're in the thick of it. And so people want to keep experiencing those feelings of top of the world, gut complex type stuff. So they're like, screw this. I'm not going to take this medication. That just puts me flat as a line. And then something like this happens. The coroner also said that the autopsy findings showed no foul play. Right. But the body was also so badly decomposed. I mean, if you think about it, this body was in this water tank for three weeks. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like how much could they really glean from it? I'm sure they couldn't do a rape kit. I'm sure they couldn't do fingernails. Stuff like that, because it was probably so badly decomposed by that point. Yeah, and and what they did do, I mean, none of this, it seems like, can be super conclusive. From what they could see, they were saying, yeah, probably no sexual assault. But with overall, her being in there for so long, and it's L.A. Like, let's think about Los Angeles. Yes. It's hot out there. Mm-hmm. The temperature, not only on the roof, but within the water tank itself is just going to mess with any decomposition and, Mm -hmm. you know, any medical examination of trying to even just pinpoint exactly when she died. You know, they Mm -hmm. can have kind of a general idea, but it's just a lot harder when you have all these factors. That's so true. And especially if the door was cracked open. That's true, too. Yeah. then it's no longer a closed system. Very true. You have all kinds of elements and variables that can be free to come into the tank. L.A. is disgusting, and there's (laughs) all kinds of crap in the air that are floating in and out at this point. Hence the idea of the door in the first place on the tank (laughs) to keep all this shit from floating in. Exactly, and getting in the people's drinking water. Granted, I don't think a body was in the uh, (laughs) the list of concerns. Trying to keep that out. I mean, if you think about it, this body was probably really nearly useless to them at this point of being so badly decomposed from all this time in the water at this point you know it was kind of ruled like all right it doesn't look like there's foul play evidence both in the hotel and her room the video yes it's weird but we don't see anybody else um you know it just doesn't seem like there's anyone involved and this doesn't look like a murder so the case was pretty much closed But this is, again, when web sleuths, um, you know, people online are really starting to dig into this. And I will say they find some really interesting facts. And I remember hearing about some of these facts when this first happened. And I was just like, oh, that is so creepy, so weird. You know, there's so many theories about what could have happened, but there's so many coincidences and just kind of like, oh, that's weird that that lines up that way. Bring it on, girl. Tell us the coincidences. I have some good ones. So the first is this movie, Dark Water. Have you ever seen it? I haven't seen it, but I've heard this theory, and it's beyond creepy. You're better with movies than I am, too. But So this movie came out in Japan 10 years before Elisa's disappearance, and it was actually remade for the U.S. in 2005, so not super long before, you know, this whole incident happened. And in the movie... There's you got to see some of the visual because it definitely kind of lines up visually, but it's a mother and daughter who move into this creepy apartment complex and all this stuff starts to happen like the discolored water coming out of the faucet 
Uh, small fact, but the little girl is actually dressed in a red jacket when she's kind of milling about the apartment complex. Which is exactly the outfit yes, that thank Elisa you. <laughs> Lamb was found in. Yeah. Hopefully you watched the elevator video at this point Oof, and right. saw her in her red jacket. It was a zip-up hoodie. The little girl actually dies by falling into the water tank on the roof of the building and the tank was actually supposed to be locked ew 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 just too creepy yeah now granted this was made in what year like 2005 right so before elisa would have ever gone to california would have ever been much more than early teen there's no way i know and people love to throw the theory like oh was it some killer that was obsessed with this movie and like a copycat recreate it i mean that's such a far fetch i don't think the movie has anything probably to do with it but i love these weird yes it's coincidences that happen they creep me out and it just is like to me is it is it like a weird fold or overlap in the you know universe or whatever where things are just oddly lining up right a wrinkle in time or something thank you there's other theories that (laughs) because she's from canada (laughs) that she's somehow involved in a canadian government kind of mind control project and or some type of like biological weapon Mm -hmm. theory there's some good overlap there between there's two different theories there's one theory that i saw about invisible oh the invisibility yeah 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 something like that and elisa had tweeted or facebooked or um tumblered about new invisible cloak technology that was coming out presumably and because of this armchair experts thought that she was maybe corresponding with the army and what's really interesting is the fact that an invisible light agency actually exists on Google Maps, located within the Cecil Hotel. So weird. And this sort of checks out to the armchair experts because is she hiding from somebody that none of us can see in the videos? Is it is she hiding from somebody that she didn't want to see? Was this why maybe she had wanted to go to the Cecil in the first place? Yeah, so there is this theory. It's kind of far-fetched and by kind of far-fetched i mean it's extremely far-fetched i mean let's talk though about like how fitting for millennials like is this theory oh (laughs) you know harry potter-esque exactly like Like, was she in cahoots with the government or was she just really into harry potter yeah or did she want to get into hogwarts right exactly so hopefully hagrid comes around in the great beyond and says you're a wizard elisa yeah that's right (laughs) but the next theory i think about bioterrorism is much more plausible okay this is the one that i remember hearing And I didn't get the details right at the time, but I remember hearing this at the time and being like, whoa, this creeps me out big Mm -hmm. time. The one theory is that Elisa came here and was came to L.A. and was actually kind of a biological weapon herself Mm -hmm. and was sent to L.A. to actually infect the homeless population with tuberculosis to reduce the numbers. And there's some weird coincidences there. The university that she attended actually had a really great TB, very well-known TB research center. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more, like, mm, it's creepy. When she stayed at the Cecil, there was actually an outbreak of TB in Skid Row, on Skid Row, 
not long after her body was found. It actually happened only a few days after her body was found. It actually ended up outbreaking to 4,800 cases right there. Which is a ton. It's a and lot. a crazy coincidence. Yeah. And the theory is that, like, okay, maybe she was sent there, infected with this. She was going to go infect the homeless population. And the government decided, the Canadian government decided that she knew too much and took her out in this very weird way. And my kind of, I, I didn't see much on this, but my kind of other theory on this, too, kind of connected to this, is that maybe she, again, was a biological weapon, like her body itself was a biological weapon, and went into the water tank mm-hmm. to infect the people at the Cecil so that they would kind of then be the transmitters to then go out into the population and transmit it. That's an interesting theory because, honestly, the people who stayed at the Cecil were kind of the dredges of society. Oh, I mean, right. they weren't yeah. your high-class, highfalutin folks. They were people from that area, that Skid Row area, who were kind of going back and forth and couldn't afford to stay somewhere better. Yeah, but the creepiest. The nail in the coffin. The, this creeped me out so much when this happened. The test that is given to somebody to test if they have tuberculosis is called the Lam Elisa Literally test. spelled. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly like her name. Now, granted, this is an acronym. It stands for Enzyme-Linked yeah. Immunosorbent Assay. But what the exactly. hell? Exactly. Exact spelling. What are the odds? I remember this from when this happened, and that detail creeped me out. It is unbelievably creepy and such a weird coincidence yeah not to mention i do wonder even if this theory isn't true if the outbreak of tuberculosis did happen because so many people drank the contaminated water well that's what i was wondering too because you don't know if you know the coroner or whomever was holding back details but it didn't seem like there was anything that came out saying that she had any infectious yeah yeah i think there was no evidence of tb or anything like that but i mean again we have to go back to the fact that this body was so decomposed at this point yeah who knows how effective the testing would have been at this point right and i should have looked into this more i would have loved to have known like the incubation period and how long it would have taken for somebody to have been in contact with that water that had been in contact with her body to be infected to be infected and then to pass it on to somebody else another theory goes back to our favorite the last bookstore here and i really do i love when people dig into these weird little details and i tend to think like all right that's just a weird coincidence because you're digging into these really random details but somebody actually looked up the zip code for the and they say it in this documentary registrar i would i'm assuming this is the person who registered the website and when you take the zip code and you put it into google maps it takes you to burnaby british columbia and again it's just the zip code so if you were to put in any zip code it's going to give you a pinpoint to that zip code not necessarily like a specific location but when you zoom in on the pinpoint for this zip code, it's actually the cemetery where Elisa Lamb is buried, oh, which is kind of creepy. Like, I'm sorry. Creepy. Like, I, that's the last. Literally, it was her last bookstore. And zoom in and it's where she's buried. 
Wow, that Very is strange. so incredibly creepy. Yeah. This, and you mentioned it earlier, so you hinted at it. Her Tumblr on February 27th, so it was quite a while after she went missing, actually updated, and it was a post of the tarot card, The Hermit. Mm-hmm. And again, like, yes, you could schedule posts beforehand and schedule them to post at a certain time. But it also goes to the fact, like, okay, did somebody have her phone? Right. Because, again, the phone was never found. Did somebody have her phone and was posting kind of these cryptic tarot card? Because I feel like tarot cards are are obviously very kind of mystical and um, often used with psychics and stuff like that. So it's kind of telling. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, so online, the hermit card, it says that it's the initiation process for becoming a member of certain cults Ooh, which is really creepy it's supposedly a threefold process this initiation Ooh. process and the first of which is the hermit the second is the lover and the final is the man of earth hmm. and it says that the work of the hermit is to be a master of the universe and tend to his or her garden of disciples that's a little odd. Yeah. It also just says that the hermit indicates spirituality, even if you're an atheist. It's just, it's a little odd that this would be the final. Yeah. The yeah. final presentation. And posting after she's missing and then obviously eventually found dead. But yeah, it just, it begs the question of whether kind of mysticism came into this at all. And actually, a lot of people had the theory that witches or Satanists had something to do with Elisa's disappearance. They apparently there's a witch holiday that happens the day after she disappeared or something that begins the beginning of spring and welcomes spring and everything. Now, granted, I think this is more about like nature and Mm -hmm. rejoicing in the solstice and all that stuff than killing somebody (laughs) and dumping them in a water tower. But, you know, people will try to blame anything (laughs) on, on Satanists and witches. Well, I will say, too, like Richard Ramirez is famously known for holding up Manson style. He had his hand in court. He held it up. He had a pentagram on it. So I don't know. There's rumors of all of that kind of witchcraft stuff going on back in the day there too. Not to mention all the suicides and murders and all right. this stuff. And so. everything else that had to do with this creepy place. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely has a bad vibe and get into that elevator game. I forgot oh my God, about this. So I want to hear creepy. about this. So another theory that doesn't really hold water but is interesting, it also is a little bit racist that people think that it was this elevator game because it was a popular game in Korea and it was going around Tumblr a lot. So I guess it could have gotten to Elisa, but you remember her parents were from Hong Kong. It's not exactly the same thing as Korea, (laughs) but I guess they thought that, you know, since she's Asian, she plays the same elevator games as the Koreans do. But it's basically this ritual where you get to another world by pressing certain buttons on an elevator and doing certain tasks. And presumably in this other world, electronics don't work. Getting back to the real world can be really hard and challenging. In the other world, it's supposed to be pitch black. There's supposed to just be a red cross that you can see. And there are really specific instructions on how to do it. It has to be a 10 plus story building and you have to be alone in the elevator in order to do it. And there's just this whole set of instructions. You have to get in on one floor. You have to press a button. You have to not get out. You have to look around. 
it sort of looked feasible that Elisa could have been playing this game if you didn't realize how specific these instructions were. Right. Um, so unfortunately or fortunately, there's really no way that she could have been playing this game because there's a very specific order of events that are supposed to happen for you okay. to transcend this world and go into the next world and quote unquote win the game. So her pressing every button on the list is not included in <laughs> right, the instructions right. for this so game. So pressing the door hold and having the door open for two minutes exactly, is not included. Exactly, exactly. But it's definitely the theory of some people that she was playing this game, that maybe she quote unquote won, she got to the other world, Ooh, and being creepy. disoriented as she was, she could have thought that the water tower was a portal to return home oh god or to return you know to go to the other world and she got confused fell in and died oh that's a weirder theory doesn't really make all the all the yeah. sense in the world but apparently this elevator game is relatively prevalent on right. tumblr so all right it's kind of interesting and especially since we know how much elisa had an affinity for her tumblr right and the elevator right right and the <laughs> elevator <laughs> spending so much time in there and obviously probably the most boring theory here uh aside from her committing suicide is that somebody in the hotel or somebody in skid row or you know in the vicinity murdered her and i think it's definitely possible that she was in a vulnerable situation because i think she was definitely having some type of mental illness situation and that obviously exposes her She's in a scenario where she's in a place she doesn't know, people she doesn't know, dangerous situation probably with people that aren't themselves mentally stable, and it opens herself up to be taken advantage of or to be murdered, honestly. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it. Uh, I don't think that's what happened, but it's definitely one of the theories that's out there as well. And it would seem more feasible that somebody working at the hotel would have an easier time murdering her just because they could disable the alarm on the rooftop. They knew where the water tank was. They knew what the deal was with getting up there and getting her in there. She also had a lot of different posts on Tumblr about people bothering her and Mm. creepers, stuff to that effect, which kind of leads people to the idea that maybe folks at the hotel were kind of bothering her driving her crazy creeping on her trying to stalk her and perhaps killed her well i do want to say one thing that i think is worth noting about this whole alarm on the door to the roof too so this alarm is set and apparently once you open the door it goes off and the only way to turn it off is by a key so you gotta go up there turn a key to turn it off the only people that had this key or copies of this key were uh, the maintenance staff security guards and the owner of the hotel so in my mind it's it is plausible that like one okay the alarm wasn't working LAPD apparently showed up you know when they searched and said that it was working so let's say it was working Other possibilities are that somebody took her up there who had the key, Mm -hmm. able to disarm it. Another one is that possibly it went off and either for some reason the staff at the hotel is covering that up, not reporting it. 
you know, I don't know how they'd necessarily get people staying there to not report it, but you never know. And then another thing kind of tying in the whole thing about the lid and her being in the water tank. What if it did go off? For some reason, they still don't want to say anything about like, oh, yeah, it did go off. We went up there, looked around, nothing was going on. What if she had already gotten in the water tank? Mm -hmm. You know, they opened the door after the alarm went off. She's not up there. Nothing looks off. And they just kind of close the door, go back down, and for some reason, don't say anything. Whether or not it's foul play or they just are embarrassed or don't want to be like, yeah, it went off. We looked around, didn't see anything. You know, they don't want to be the ones that feel like they didn't do their job or whatever. Right. But I, to some extent, it, I mean, it's interesting because even the cops couldn't find her a couple days that's later. That's very true. Yeah. So it's yeah. sort of like, why would you be embarrassed or why would you be afraid to admit that exactly. the alarm went off? You came up and turned it off but didn't see anything. Because exactly. Because even the body-sniffing dogs couldn't find anything. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, the parents of Elisa Lamb did file a wrongful death suit against the hotel mm-hmm. for negligence on the hotel's part that led to her death because of the fact that there was no surveillance on the roof, which yeah. is really weird. That's not great. And there's just no proof that the alarm was working. Right. Now, right. granted, there's no proof that it wasn't working. True. But we don't really know what the state of the alarm was at the time of Elisa's disappearance. Yeah, and I'm assuming there's no, like history and you know the computer system of like oh it went off at this time and right this time and this time right there's no like log of yeah here's all the times the alarm was sounded exactly so i think we've laid out most of the facts or at least some really important and interesting facts in this case and i think a great way to kind of wrap it up here is to give both of our theories on what we think actually happened so i'll give mine looking at some of these key facts that really stood out to me on the night of her disappearance she's found in a location in the hotel that is for staff only they ask her to leave she goes back towards the elevator we see the whole elevator instance you know the whole weird kind of situation that goes on there and then she heads off of the elevator towards the stairs my theory is that yes she probably did have a mental illness kind of situation that came up um, possibly a manic episode and for some reason she felt compelled that she had to get to the roof she was sent away from whatever the staff only area was went back to the elevator she's getting to the 14th floor but again she's you know not in her right mind so she's on the top floor trying to get to the roof something you know is just not connecting correctly in her in her mind Uh, she gets off the elevator heads towards the stairs for whatever reason I'm thinking she probably didn't didn't go through that door you know maybe it kind of clicked for her seeing the sign about it being alarmed she didn't want to test it so she goes back down then to her bedroom um, because that's where the staff had told her to go to originally and This is what kind of cinches it for me. Apparently, the dogs came in right after she had gone missing, and they hit on a window on the same floor she was staying on for her scent, and that window opened up to the fire escape. My theory is then she goes out, takes the fire escape up to the roof, 
ends up in the water tank. And that's why the alarm never went off. Exactly. I know a lot of people don't agree with it, but that is, that's my theory on it. I think that's pretty good because that honestly closes as many gaps as we can hope to close. Right. And I think that the water tank must have been open. The door must have been slightly yes. ajar. Or she opened it and then right. just never shut it again. It must have been open at the time that Santiago went to the roof to check on what was going on with the water tank. And, I mean, could she have done it? Could she have closed it on herself? Probably. Would it have Somehow. been difficult? Yeah. Maybe. But impossible? I don't think so. Agreed. I mean, you know, you're a lot, your body's a lot lighter when you're floating, so mm-hmm. it would have been a lot easier for her to hang on to the side of the water tank while she was pushing up with the other hand. Again, 20 pounds is heavy, but it's not that heavy. It's right. not insurmountable. So if it was closed, I think she could have closed it herself. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you that I think all of her behavior lines up to her having a psychotic break of some sort and a romantic episode and just feeling the need to go up to the roof for whatever reason, you know, illusions of God knows what. Right. And that that's where she met her demise, unfortunately. And some of these some of these coincidences, like we said, are just oh, I, so spooky. It, it creeps me out big it's time. The so, Lamb Lisa thing that's alone, out of control. I can't take it. That like, creeps me out. Did your parents name you after the immunoassay? Right. Because <laughs> right. that's the only explanation I have for that. Yeah, like were they, they were big, so passionate were about they big fans <laughs> of that TB Research Center in right. British Columbia? They always like, wanted her to go to that school right. and research TB. Yeah, that's my best guess, but who knows? I would love to hear other people's, you know, because we we dug into this the best we could to kind of cover it in an episode, but I'm sure there's people out there that know much more specific, very specific details. So I think, you know, we would love to hear from you guys if you have any other info that you think would kind of be interesting to hear after listening to this episode um, or your own theories. I don't know. I just, this is a very interesting case and I would love to hear what other people think. Yes. Yeah. Especially Carla who recommended this topic to us. Again, thank you so much for recommending it. This was a really fun one to this dig into good, yeah, yeah. and just a great topic for us. So we'd be interested to hear what your theories are and we'd love to talk about them on air if you're interested. And if you have a suggestion of any kind that you can even remotely um, connect to women's history, we would love to hear from you. Yes. As you know, we've done about 45 episodes at this point. They're all kinds of different topics. It's everything from Betsy Ross to Britney Spears. <laughs> we are willing to explore really anything that you guys are interested in. So please, please, please don't hesitate to write us on our Instagram at Betsy Boss Podcast, on our Twitter at Betsy Boss Pod, on our email Betsy Boss Podcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to write us with any topics you'd like to hear more about. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Betsy Boss Podcast. Betsy Boss is now on both iTunes and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and comment. 